What's good, everybody? Welcome back to episode 17 of the Gifted Hoops podcast. That is right. I'm here with Mr. Facts and Stats. He hosts daily spaces on Twitter talking about basketball, football, all types of things. But we're here today to talk about his team, the Miami Heat, during this offseason. What's good with you, Ed, before we get to the episode? How you feeling, man? What's going on, Gifted? Again, it's always an honor to be able to come on and talk with you, especially while you're on this journey of day in and day out grind. So don't get, don't think what you're doing on a day-to-day basis is not noticed, um, especially by me and people around the world as well. So keep doing your thing with the Gifted Podcast. And look, episode 17, it's my second time here. Uh, and I'm blessed. You know, I'm feeling well. How are you? Feeling good, man. Um, I have spent a lot of time um, just locking in on like the grind of things. People have to understand creating content on any sport is hard enough. But doing that while you work a full time job on top of there being no NBA right now yeah. makes it harder. But I feel like a lot of people want to quit. This is the part of the season where people quit pack their bags, come back after like preseason starts. But for me, I'm I'm saying this is my preseason. I'm going to accelerate as we keep mm-hmm. on going into the next season. And I big shout out to Ev because he's doing the same thing with Fact and Stats again, still hosting consistent spaces on that front. So much, much respect. But you know why we're here, bro. big dog? You know why we're here, man? We're yes. here to talk about the Miami Heat. Now, obviously, there's a name that's been attached to your team for a long time. But before we get into that, I want to ask you again, as a callback to one of our recent episodes, your expectations for the 2023 Miami Heat before any basketball was played, where were you at with your team? Yeah, uh, it's a blessing to be able to come on and talk with my team again. But going into the season, um, I wouldn't say that what we did last playoffs was a fluke. Um, I actually think that we matched up with Boston very, very, very well. So when we went seven, I honestly was not surprised. Um, I did obviously hope that we won that game, but I did think that we were going to carry some of that momentum going into this next regular season. So we were the first team. We went 51-31 that year, number one seed East Conference, I believe. Um, and then this season happened. And <laughs> coming to this year, I thought we were going to win 50 games again. I thought we were going to be a top four seed. I thought it was going to be Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, and Miami. Um, unfortunately, we did. We fell all the way to the play-in. Uh, we had to play the Hawks. We lost to the Hawks first game, beat the Bulls second game. But coming to the season, I had to win in 50 games, though. Yeah, for me, it was hard because, again, like every year, each team gets better. I looked at it like, okay, where has Miami improved? A lot of people dragged P.J. Tucker saying like, oh, P.J. Tucker made the team so great. It wasn't necessarily that. It was more so losing him, but not getting like a piece to like fill in that spot in the front court with Bam. And I kind of feel like for the entire season, like you saw almost more than any other Heat season for me, at least seeing the impact of Bam when he goes to the bench and not having a a, like a valuable uh, player in the front court be able to make up for that because Bam to me probably had like his best year as a pro excellent playoff run his offense got better but his defense like the impact like early on i think in like the first maybe 10 games right there was a game y'all played y'all played the kings as soon as bam hit the bench they went on like a 20 like oh oh run super high up in the game what were your takeaways with bam out of bio this season uh obviously i'm a big tyler hero guy um him and bam are my two favorite players on the team without a doubt I appreciate Jimmy Butler. I love Jimmy Butler, and I and I'm always thankful for what he brought to my team over the last four years. I'll put it like that. But when it comes to my favorite players on the team, it starts with Hero and Bam, and that's because of a Kentucky thing. They went to Kentucky, so let's get that clear. Bam, Mr. This guy, yeah, it's Mr. Kentucky. Uh, Bam is a guy that I've been wanting to start since like his first year in the league. Uh, and all credit to Hassan Whiteside. He, he was a at the time he was a, a a good okay player for us, especially defensively. But Bam. He came in with that motor off the bench during those young days. Uh, and he was waiting for the opportunity to start. Like you said, this was the best year I ever seen him play on both sides of the ball. Uh, he still have not won defensive player of the year yet. I thought he would have won it when Marcus Smart won it last year, but he obviously didn't play enough games and he got hurt. So that pretty much dropped him out of that. This year, Jaron won it well-deserved. And I'm looking at Bam to be in the running for that, along with Eric Spoke being in the running for the head coach of the year. Uh, so keep that in mind. Those are my two early shout outs. Um, as far as Bam, it was a couple of things I wanted him to do when it comes to upping his game offensively. I'm going to take it back to about four years or three years, maybe, I'll say. Before we signed, no, we had Goran Dragic already. When Bam Adebayo first came into the play and before we added Jimmy Butler, that's what, who it is. Bam was averaging about four or five assists per game. 
he was showing that he can facilitate and, and pass the ball as a big man. Uh, when he grabs the rebound, he doesn't look for a guard. He looks to initiate and get things going himself. Uh, so that's my favorite thing about Bam. This year, he took it to another level. Now, credit, his assist numbers have dropped over the past couple of years because he didn't feel the need to have to do so, playing with Jimmy and Hero. And then we also added Kyle Lowry, who was supposed to be another playmaker for us, um, or as far as the floor general. Bam, now offensively, I can say, has a go-to move. Uh, he likes to do a little post-shimmy and, and, and fade. Uh, he likes to use his quick first step that, I, that he has also when it comes to getting by guys. And he also upped his shooting range as well to the mid-range area. It's not too extended. It's not in the 18 to 20 foot range, but it's far enough where I can take 12 to 15. I say, okay, Bam can knock that down. Um, Obviously, another extension would be the three-point line for me. Um, I keep feeling like he can shoot them. I feel like he can probably shoot them. But it's not the confidence level is not there yet. Uh, for I'm going to pull this or I'm going to shoot three threes in the game. I'm going to shoot two threes in the game. I'm going to take this top of the key three. Because Bam always has open top of the key three. Nobody guards him out there. He's not going to shoot always. it. Yeah. Um, so the fact that he upped his game, again, the passing, he's already one of the best passing big men in the league. If you watch people follow the basketball, you know that. Uh, it just, it just comes down to the mid-range game, how he finishes around the rim. That's another thing that he needs to up, uh, his touch. Uh, and then defensively, he, he's one of, if not the best defender in the league to me. So this was by far one of the most entertaining, fun, and impactful seasons of Bam Adebayo because we went to two different stretches this year. When Bam came out, we had to watch Dwayne Dedman. So bad. When Bam came so out, yeah. we had to watch Cody Zeller. So you clear as day seeing the impact that Bam had on a game-to-game basis. It doesn't matter how well Jimmy is playing. It doesn't matter how well Kyle or Gabe is playing. It doesn't matter how great Max Struess or Duncan could be shooting or how well Tyler Hero could be playing. When Bam Adebayo comes off that court, the Miami Heat are not the Miami Heat. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, man. Like... There were so many games where like Bam was so instrumental in you guys even having a chance. Like he would leave the floor and guards would just get to the rim from anybody. Because again, like what Miami does as a defense, Bam is so instrumental because he's extremely switchable. He plays out more on the perimeter and he's helping cover up for guards in the zone a lot more. Yeah. When he's not yeah. on the floor, that falls apart tremendously. Deadman is giving up three after three after three, slow-footed, could not rotate to save his life or my child's life. That's how bad it was at a point, right? But with Bam specifically this season, what I think he needs to do more of still is be aggressive. Yeah. He, now listen, I ain't gonna lie to you. In the first round, it looked ugly in spots offensively sometimes, but the effort to put pressure on the defense, get to the free throw line more, Bam, like that aggression made the team a lot better because even though his technical assists might not be there as much, if you're watching him play, the way that he's been in the court when he's getting downhill, when he's attacking the short roll, attacking off of the handoffs, it's been in the floor easier. So a guy like Max Struess or Gabe can get quality looks using Bam screens, right? Like it opens up a lot more because now it's like, oh crap, Bam is super athletic. He can get to the paint. We have to game plan for that, right? And I got to say this too. What a lot of people underrate is Bam Adebayo, outside of Tyler Hero, doesn't have that true guard that has the deep deadly range oh, yeah. which yeah. we're gonna get yeah. to that guy pretty soon right but having yeah. a, like a superstar creator from the perimeter create for him in the pick and roll i feel like yeah. if you guys had that type of presence with bam it would bend the floor tremendously so for him to take a leap like he did this season i really expect for him next season to you know note that take that and say hey i'm getting older jimmy butler he is also getting older i'm gonna eventually become the best player on his team and fully take that lead maybe not fully next season but start to really show those signs because when bam is confident and he wants it and he gets to the basket consistently that heat team looks totally different yeah for sure uh everything that you said is spot on i noticed you were making some faces when i was speaking about jimmy um <laughs> and let me go ahead and dive into that because you you you, you when you look at the Miami Heat, it's hard to see, or you don't really see too often, I say, a successful or a frequent two-man game between Jimmy and Bam. No. When, yeah. when, 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 when you see a potential pick and roll with Jimmy and Bam, one, you know it's not going to be a pick and pop. Two, you know Jimmy is not coming up the screen and shooting the three. 
So that gives you a lot of different options that you can do as far as defensively. One, the on-ball guy that's that's getting screened can go under. Two, the center can play drop. Uh, what else? Three, they can just damn near switch if they want to. Um, so it's like, you know, depending on who the defender is in that case, obviously. Say, for example, if it's Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson, they'll probably switch that um, for a situation for last year. Say if it's Bridges and Nick Claxton, they'll switch that. Um, that's just an ex that's just some examples. Um, so it, it this is this not something that they do quite often, and I think that's it's only downfall not to Bam, but just the ability or the more things that he's capable of doing on a night to night basis because he doesn't have that lead guard that can pull up and just shoot from twenty five to thirty just because you know outside of Tyler Hero, like you were saying, who still at that point has some um, deficiencies. Uh, so. You know, everything that you said is spot on, but I completely agree. Um, and, and if we do get that guy that we're both thinking about, it's going to be a tough band that we may be seeing, bro. Maybe 23 and 10 instead of 20 and 10. Man, listen, I ain't going to lie to y'all, bro. We are officially 11 minutes in the podcast. I ain't going to waste no time. Let's get right to it, man. Let's get to these talks, man. So listen, for those of y'all that might not know, Mr. Facts and Stats was in spaces multiple times. Yes, I'm pretty yes. sure, right? Talking about Damian Lillard. That's right. I said the name. Yes. We beat it to death for many, many days during this offseason. But objectively, the team Damian Lillard said he wants to go to is not the Boston Celtics, not the Lakers, not the Warriors, not, not any of the other teams. He said specifically one team and one team only, and that is your Miami Heat. Ev, talk to me about Damian Lillard on the Miami Heat. Talk to me, bro. This is, this is, it's still bittersweet to me. Listen, it is July 31st. He probably requested a trade just say three weeks ago. Yeah. This is still bittersweet to me because like you were saying, I promise you, everybody that's going to watch this podcast, again, shout out to Facts and Stats. I've been saying this in the spaces before the season even ended. I know I saw this so delusional. I probably look so crazy, but I said my focus is Damian Lillard, y'all. After this season, he's going to request a trade. And I said that going into this offseason, and I said it during the offseason. Now, when it finally happened, they were saying, well, y'all not going to have enough. I said, well, guys, all he has to do is come out and say, I want to go to the Miami Heat and the Miami Heat only. And it's going to get done. He did just that. He literally did just that word for word. But obviously, people thought the Nets. People thought whoever else. But he said, no, I only want to go to Miami. Let's get that done. Let's make it happen. And now the NBA obviously dropped the memo out and on some well, it's, we're crazy. That it's crazy because yeah. we've never seen them do that for any other player i, I never seen that happen but he I, it's a blessing that he wants comes to my team and it's a blessing that in due time i should have the opportunity to watch dame jimmy and bam i do think especially him coming off his a career year and i think back-to-back -back seasons now it got cut short uh where he didn't play too many games uh two years ago i think it was a domino and this year i can't remember what it was uh can't remember what his injury was this year, or when they just pretty much sat him out, to be honest. They sat him um, down towards the end just because they wanted a higher draft pick. Right. So that's literally all it was. So he, he, I don't really think his, you, you look at a Dame and like, oh, this guy has wear and tear on his body. Like, no, he's still going to perform at a high level. Coming up averaging 30, 31 points per game in a system that he may enter that can bring his game to new heights. And you look at all these different players that played for the Miami Heat in the last three, four years, and look how they either was something there was nothing and then came something again or was nothing and became something born Dragic, he he went from he went from his good days in phoenix don't, don't get me wrong good days in phoenix came to miami heat and performed he performed yep. one of the best point guards that we had in miami Heat history he performed and i know it's not a long line to say that but when you look at mario chalmers and you look at the year of mike bibby and carlos arroyo and jason williams norris cole Goran Dragic is towards the top of that list you know Damian Lillard now without a doubt would be the best heat point guard ever franchise history and the franchise only been around for about I think it's going on 30 years um or probably at 30 years so more names Max Shrews that was a nobody to something shout out to Max four years 64 million dollar contract with Cleveland let's talk about it Gabe Vincent a nobody to something let's talk about Gabe congrats three-year contract with the Los Angeles Lakers the Lakers Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson, we kept that in-house. Caleb Martin, way from the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte Hornets, to yep. one, one vote away from Eastern Conference MVP. Let's yep. talk about it. Average 19, 20 points a game against the Boston Celtics. These, these are all examples of guys that we helped up their game. 
Damian Lillard, now credit, he's obviously a star, friend, superstar, however you want to call it, top 10, top 12 player in the league. So it's hard to say, oh, we can help this guy become better. But we can. We can help him become smarter. When you become smarter on the court, you automatically become better on the court. Um, talking with Eric Spoelstra, talking with Jimmy, talking with Bam, all those things can help evolve his game. Um, he's going to have so many easy looks, a lot of one-on-one -on -one opportunities. Uh, and if Jimmy's, in a, if Jimmy's in a Jimmy type of zone, it's harder to fit a team like that. So, man, I think Dame on Miami is literally not only scary for the East, but that's scary for the whole entire league. Because if a trade does happen, I don't see us losing two out of these four guys or all four of these guys. I'll say that. I don't see us losing Tyler, Caleb, Jovich, and um, uh, and Amami, um, our first round draft pick. I don't see us losing all of those guys. You know, so even if we keep two out of the four, and just trade four, three to four first-round draft picks. Um, wish we can get that 20, 2025 uplift from OKC, but they have the restrictions on that right now. Um, if we trade three or four first-round draft picks and two of those guys, or maybe even three of those guys, off for the 314 trade, which I expected it to probably be, uh, I still like Josh Richardson. Welcome back to Miami, Josh. Josh is going to help us tremendously on the defensive output um, with Jimmy and Bam as well. Um, if Caleb is still there, a four-man lineup of Dane, Josh, Jimmy, Caleb, and Bam is going to cause problems defensively and offensively. How are you going to stop the high pick and roll with a live threat like Bam rolling? How are you going to stop the high pick and roll and double and, and double Bam or hard hedge uh, Dame high and Bam gets the ball in the middle of the floor and Bam has the opportunity to hit a guy on the perimeter, the corner, or go attack himself? Because at that point, it's going to be four and five basketball. So, I mean, it, it's four and three. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. Four and three basketball. So, it's Dame to Miami is literally going to put us on a whole nother level and the fact that we made the finals and I don't really like to harp on this but the fact that we made the final two out of the last four years and both years we lost I can probably lean towards saying we needed another offensive firepower or offensive star uh, 2020 we were outmatched but we won two games Bam and Drogic were hurt but we could have used another offensive player uh, 20 this last following year Jimmy wasn't as aggressive Denver cleared a better team but if we had another offensive player Maybe Hero, I'm not saying it would have changed the series drastically, but maybe even Hero playing in the finals probably would have helped us. Still would have probably been a problem and an advantage for Denver with his defense. But Dane, on the other hand, is a whole nother ball game. So listen, if we get Dane, it's not just scary for the East, it's scary for the whole entire league. And I think they I think everybody knows that. Okay, Ev. Hey, listen, I like you I like that. the energy that you came with. Let me give you my perspective on this. So, number one, right? Um, I was talking with a lot of Heat fans. I know a Heat fan personally who you know does things and like here's things right so here's the thing right what people have to understand is people keep saying what does miami have what does miami have when dan comes out and says he only wants to go to the miami heat he is actively limiting the market for players his agent right. coming out and saying um he's not going to play all this and all that it's leverage to get dame to the, his destination to where he wants to try to go now people keep bringing up the nets i said this as soon as they came up the nets are not interested in taking on uh sorry they do not want dame with their current build they want that flexibility but Tyler right. Hero as a young piece is something that could entice them to get yeah. in the trade as the third team to help facilitate yeah. the deal right yeah. I said that multiple times let's talk about the basketball fit because this mm -hmm. this is what I hate right so people have this concept that Dame is like this guard who is like a ball hog and like right. really like yes he played in Portland because the way you maximize Portland is you give Damon Lillard the basketball you let him yeah. get a, a bunch of advantage and you make things work out giving Dame a player like Bam Dame has never had a player in the pick and roll like Bam who can pass set good screens rebound hedge and then make up for his deficiencies on the defensive end and what yeah. I love people saying so much which is hilarious to me Ev is oh well Dame don't play no defense right I agree but guess what's hilarious about this Duncan Robinson Max Struess uh Gabe Vincent especially Max Struess these were yeah. players that were yeah. negatives on the defensive end and Miami ran a zone to make up for that so you're telling me that okay they lose Gabe Vincent they lose Max Struess they lose two defensive negatives at the guard spot they get Josh in there and now you add Dame who to me if Dame is on a better team with, with better defenders 
he can be a slight negative on defense, but it's not going to be like some gap between him and Max Strews on defense. I'm just not going to go that far, right? Yeah. So from that perspective, you put Dame in a in a place where now Jimmy and Bam don't get taxed as much to have to self-create because now they have a self-creator from the perimeter. Jimmy can play his off-ball role because Jimmy in his heart wants to be like the playmaker to like get people involved and play a more all-around game where he doesn't have to like drop 50 points like all this and all that he, he wants to be an all-around player so by adding dame on a team you're taking the pressure off of him in the half court which unlocks jimmy butler in all other aspects of the game and with bam again having a creator from 35 feet is going to open up so many open mid-range pull-ups drives to the basket corner three-point shots there's going to be a lot of versatility that's added to Miami's offense and what the Denver Nuggets showed us in the finals especially last year is where is the league going a, a league that has versatility in personnel or ways that you can play and Miami show for the entire playoff run we can win ugly we can win pretty there's more, there's different ways we can play, but adding Dame is like, okay, so if Jimmy hits the bench, we're good because we got Dame to stagger the offense. So to me, I love the basketball fit. I do think that it's very reliant on who you lose because in my opinion, you really got to try to keep Duncan. Duncan is crazy because the entire regular season, he was not playing. The man was a podcaster for like the first part of the season, right? <laughs> then he comes back in the playoffs because Tyler gets hurt, plays his role, plays better defense than i thought he would be able to play is a great passer um has so much graduate three-point shot that al horford is letting him blow by him because duncan was actually attacking closeouts he was baking Jalen 300 million dollar brown off of the dribble to get to the basket like there is some good things for miami here the problem though to me is it depends on what you give up because again the spacing around dame jimmy butler and bam you would be losing those high quality spacers but you are plugging dame in a system with eric spolster and in my opinion the goal of the miami heat is to maximize your window with jimmy butler and bam right now clearly so if you have to trade tyler and you lose that spacing the the build is to have these guys and build the best roster around them for the next two to three seasons yeah, that would be yeah, that for sure. Yeah. That's a fact. Hey, hey, listen, I agree, and I didn't even name Duncan when I named those four names. So it's like I think we'll be in a good situation. I think, however this turns out, we'll be in a good situation. And I think I'm gonna say this. I think there's two names that are waiting to see where this Damian Lillard domino falls or when it falls, and that's Kelly Oubre and. Christian Wood. I think those two names are waiting and being patient to see if Dame lands in Miami. I think one of those guys will come, will be interested in coming to Miami because they'll have the opportunity to play. Say we have to trade three of those guys. Who, who's our bench? Think about it. If we have to trade Tyler Arrow, yeah. He's already going to get to me, he's going to get traded. If we have to trade Tyler Arrow, Yovich, Hame, Duncan or Kayla Martin, that's five names. Yeah. Which I don't I don't want to trade Kayla Martin. I don't even want to I don't even want to trade Yobish either. So a lot of them guys I don't even want to trade, to be honest with you. I love Tyler. Wish he in Miami for life. But if we have to trade three of those five names and we somehow reel in Kelly or we reel in and or Christian Wood, who's not that good defensively, but he's okay. Um they have they're gonna have the opportunity to play. Meaningful minutes, right. meaningful basketball. So versus going to a team on a one-year deal trying to prove something, but I have an opportunity to really prove it. Eric Gordon, for example, and I don't even want to take off the Miami Heat, but Eric Gordon literally came out and they say it's reported that he turned out more money from Golden State to go to Phoenix. Why? More opportunity. More minutes to be played. Who, who, who's the, who's the backcourt? Who's the, well, you know who the backcourt is, but who's come off the bench? Who's the backup guard? Who's the backup guard? It's Brandon Goodwin and Eric Gordon. As he want, Eric Gordon going to play 25 to 30 minutes a night in Phoenix. He couldn't probably say the same in Golden State. So, you know, that's that's all I got to, that's all I got to say about it. Yeah, it's 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 very interesting, but I I do feel like we we will be remiss if we don't talk about, you know, even though I do think the trade will happen, what the Heat do if the trade can't happen to start the season? Like what will your expectations be if they don't get Dane? I got listen, I got to ask you that just so we got this on file in case it don't happen. Because it could also not happen. 
okay i know heaven sent is is here saying thank you gifted i'm listen i'm 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 in between i'm in between i just gotta know what you're feeling because there is people out there saying that if the miami heat do not get dame then this entire offseason will be a failure okay um man you you wrote that in so perfectly um <laughs> um that was perfect uh this will be worse than last offseason and last offseason was a little bit of a devastation for me because one two things kevin Durant was never realistic to me i knew he came out and said i wanted to hear yeah. sons that wasn't realistic to me but donovan mitchell that's a guy donovan mitchell i've been plied on him for a little while I, I was, i'm trying to line him i'm trying to get him miami bradley bill i'm trying to get him to miami too credit the bill you going to phoenix have fun we lost d mitch we let pj tucker go and we didn't replace pj tucker while waiting for Donovan Mitchell and that chip to fall. Uh, this will be th that offseason 10 times worse. Mm -hmm. You mean to tell me if we cannot get a guy that wants to come to us, this is worse than losing in the finals. Oh, if we do not, if we do not get Damian Lillard, a star guard who wants to come to Miami, this is probably worse than losing in the finals. Because one, if we get Dame, I can confidently say within the next two, three years of him and Jimmy's contract, they're going to make a finals again. But if we lose Dame and don't get Dame, I can't confidently say within the next two years, we'll make the finals again as currently constructed. Right. And that's a fact. I don't think nobody can disagree with me on that. I don't care how much better Tyler Hero get. I don't care if Bam Diggs takes a leap that we think he can take. Also, needing with needing a lead guard as well, I don't think we can make the finals. If we do not add Dame to this offseason, Going to this year, straight up, I'm saying it right now. I don't think that he make the finals because you gotta look at what we lost. Uh, Gabe and Shrew so far, and and they're not great players, but they were good players for the Miami Heat. Let's put it at that. Yeah, you're gonna have another season. Who's in the expiring contract of Kyle Lowry? And I'm to be quite frank, I don't know what to expect out of Kyle Lowry this year. I don't. No idea. If he if he has to come into this year starting for us after shifting to a bench role and looking like a whole new player in the bench role how is he going to look going back to starting and playing 30 minutes a night 35 minutes a night i don't know how Especially he's going to look a year older too yeah a year exactly i don't know how he's going to look um then everything is like depleted now you can have a depleted bench well no we don't have a depleted bench because we will still have our rookie in and yo vision although i and i think yo is gonna be a damn good player i think tyler is gonna come back even better next better next year as well um so we'll still be okay team we'll obviously be a good team with jimmy and bam but i can't go into the season saying yeah we're gonna make the finals again but with dane we're gonna make the finals again because you gotta look at boston they added porzingis um as currently constructed with porzingis that'll probably be a better team than us right now well it's probably still match up well but i gotta say how to utilize porzingis Without Dame, they're probably a better team than us right now. Milwaukee, they, I don't know, whatever. Philly, if they trade yeah, hard, they're probably I, not going to be. I like yeah, that. I like yeah, that yeah, with yeah, yeah, uh, Whatever. I already know what to say about Milwaukee, but it's really, I really, I really only focus about Boston. Like, my only focus is really Boston. I'm not really worried about Embiid. I'm not worried about Donald Mitchell and how they just lost the freaking Knicks. Um, the Knicks, I'm not. They can't beat us either. So, the Hawks, the Raptors, all these teams can come back better next year. And the Nets, they can all come back better next year. I just don't see them being able to beat Jimmy and Bam, especially when Jimmy goes into that mood. And hopefully Tyler Hero will be healthy. And we'll have a lot of guys that we can play, a lot of different ladders that we can run. Uh, but as of right now, yes, if we do not get Dame, offseason is a complete failure. It will hurt more without getting Dame than it did in losing in the finals. I, I'm being quite honest. That's my feelings. If we do not get Dame, that's worse than losing in the finals to me. Because, again, if we get Dame, that finals window, and again, it's not close, but if we get Dame, it's super highly likely that you win the finals. But without Dame, just Jimmy and Bam as the two best players and no real other offensive star, I'll just say. It's going to be hard to win because you got teams like Denver who has a guy like Jokic who deemed as the best player in the league. You know, you got a team like the Lakers who has a damn good team over there, but they probably can't get past Denver, but we'll see. And then you still got to think in the back of your mind, Stephen Curry. You cannot wipe Curry off your mind until he's out the league. Curry is just too lethal. Uh, so you got all those different things. I could have said more teams. Phoenix now, with what they got going on, Bill Booker yep. and KD is going to be a problem. And, and, and I ain't even say DeAndre Ayer, but who knows how he's going to play. But that's going to be a problem. Memphis, Adam Marcus Smart, that could be a problem. 
you know so it's it's so many different things yeah yeah it's so many different things that i might be just speaking from each perspective i'm speaking from the lead because once you make it you gotta look at the other side now yeah we got through the east but denver we were just we did not have enough for them we needed Damian Lillard for, for, the, for the Denver Nuggets. Yes. We probably needed Damian Lillard for the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm being honest. We probably do. Uh, I think you needed so, Dame badly because of this. Like, like, what people don't pay attention to enough in that series, I understand it was a five-game series, but a lot of it was when Jokic hit the bench, they can still go on runs and kill They can still play. Right, they can right, still right. play. And, and sometimes y'all will have Jimmy Butler or Bam's minutes match Jokic. So when they're on the bench, you don't have another like competent offensive creator on the team. Max Struess is going 0 for 9 in the NBA Finals game. And Denver, they're getting the rebound. They're getting out in transition and they're scoring right over and over and over. Dame is going to slow down the pace make your half court offense better and have more outlets for you to get good buckets and good shots in the flow of the game for four quarters that just fits yeah. better that yeah. that makes that series play out differently y'all might not what we don't know obviously but it gives you a fighting chance and my biggest thing is there's so many people saying um how can the heat trade away all this depth did the Heat have all this depth when they lost to the Hawks by like 30 points in the playing game? No, they were three minutes away from going home to the Bulls. If DeMar DeRozan's daughter was in that game, maybe it's a different game. I don't know, right? I don't know. But the point is, I hate how people want to gas it up now. But literally, right. Right. when the Buck series started, wasn't nobody talking about Max Strews, Gabe Vincent. They were talking about yeah. they going home in four or five. And then as the series progresses on, it's like, Oh, this heat team's actually really good. How how do you think that like this team can match that for uh, for 82 games plus and in the playoffs losing the players they've already lost? I don't see it. So to me, it's like fuck it. Like just go go all in, commit with your you know players and Jimmy and Bam and maximize it with Dame. Because yes, things might get a little rough with the contract he is on, like a supermax contract. So so it's a lot. Right. I get it. But at the end of the day, those three players give you the best chance to compete for a title in the next four to five years. That's just a yeah. fact. And, and, and well said, and, and, and on record. So this is on record, uh, and I didn't, I didn't say this in the beginning. And say hypothetically, we don't get Damian. We have to run it back by our three best players being Hero, Jimmy, and Bam. This season, I think last year we went 44 and 38. A lot of injuries took place. Um, shit was happening. Things were happening um, throughout the course of the season. We shifting shuffling between point guards shuffling between who's handling the ball and uh big man issues band going to the bench all those took into place to us being 44 and 38 and if you look at it yes you probably not too good for our standards to me but it was okay and we roll into this season to answer your question without damon litter i'm expecting us to win 50 games straight up like there's no way this team with another year of everybody that we have and and, and and so many different guys that we can roll out. I think we should win 50 games this year. I know I said that last year, and I just broke down everything that happened. Um, I don't know if Thomas Bryant is going to play, um, but if not, we have Orlando Robinson. Hopefully, he can probably play. Um, he performed well he in, the summer league, in the summer league. Yeah. Too. I know it was the summer league, but he was hooping. Uh, so, you know, it's him or Orlando would be the backup center, and you know, I think it's, we will win 50 games this year. Yeah. Um, Without I wanted... <laughs> Okay, bet it up. Without game, yeah. Wait. Without Dame, fifty games. I get you. I get you. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, that's probably. interesting. That's an interesting yeah. ploy. I might disagree heavily, but I can see the perspective of the that. Lowest, maybe the lowest I would go is forty-eight and thirty-four. That's the lowest. Forty-eight is the lowest. Forty-eight and thirty-four. That's the lowest. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think. Forty-four like, gives you so much confidence if it's no Dame. 40, if it's no Dame. Yeah. Because I, I don't think this team is bad. I just don't think that this team for okay. sure can can can. I like Porzingis going to Boston. Like I just like that. If they utilize him correctly, yeah. it's gonna be really damn good. Uh, so I think that makes them more of threats versus us seeing them with Marcus Smart. Um, if that makes sense, uh, mm -hmm. he's more got to worry about than Marcus Smart, offensively and defensively. Uh, but credit, I still think that forty-four and thirty-eight, and we spoke on in the beginning of this pod of yeah. Devin minutes, Zeller minutes, and I just spoke on how Lowry performed better off the bench. Everything that we spoke on. I still think that, with all that being said, without Dame and our three best players is Hero, Jimmy, and Bam. And mm -hmm. I think next year, Jovic is going to play. Caleb Martin, Kevin Love is back. Josh Richardson is back to Miami. 
Uh, our first round draft pick is going to be good. He's going to be a solid player as well. I think we can win 48 games. I think I'll, I'll be firm on 48. Sorry, 50, 50 is a little too broad. Yeah, I'm sorry for 50. I'll take that back. 48 and 34, I'll stand firm on okay. that. Okay. But 50 is my, my, yeah. my, um, yeah, my I ceiling. feel like to reach that, that high without Dame, you would be looking at players like Jovich to like finally get a real opportunity at playing. Jovich showed some real potential in the league. He just hasn't got a chance to, to play yet because he's, young but there is a chance that miami just comes back stronger but to me if you're talking about the move to put them firmly in championship contention by getting damian lillard even if your roster is incomplete we've seen time and time again people say the heat don't have the talent the heat don't have enough over and over and over and over but you at least have the talent with eric spostra whereas you might not have the depth sure miami has had to find ways to win like in that Bucks game, which I'll never forget, that closeout Bucks game, which everyone said was just they gonna win that shit is is going six, and I'm like, ah, I got the Heat. But in in that game, literally, you're seeing like the entire Miami Heat team go through foul trouble, call after call after call, players getting hurt out the game in and out. Like that was a slugfest of a game, and it was ugly. But y'all forced it to go to OT, and you wound up winning that game because to me, the way the Heat play is. It's a team structure thing. Like, it's not all Jimmy. Obviously, Jimmy in that series got you there with his great player performances. But the way the team played in the structure and the system was big. And for Damian Lillard, he has never been on a team with, with not just talent, but the continuity and structure of the Miami Heat to where yeah. maybe Dame is playing off the ball more. Maybe he's coming off of screens more. Because we know the skill set. We just have to see how that fits in with the Heat, which I think can fit. So to me, I would do it. The, the question is, is Portland going to try to drag this on for a super long time into the season? Is it a trade deadline move? Because we know it has to be like a, a multiple team deal. And I'm curious if Portland has the balls to trade Dame somewhere else that's not named Miami. I don't know. I, I, I am curious on that too. I'm not going to lie. My heart would drop. But I am curious to see that as well. And hopefully, I'm hoping if, if you ask me. I'm hoping that Damian Lillard deal gets done in August. Um, tomorrow, obviously, is August 1st, and I'm hoping it gets done in August. I don't want this to drag into training camp. I don't want this to drag into preseason basketball, and obviously, I don't want it to drag into the season kicking off in October, so um, uh, mid-October. So uh, that's my thoughts on it. Hopefully, he gets traded in August, bro, and I can see what direction he's going to go in because we got to move fast if we don't get we don't land Dame, and there's really not too many options out there. So it's like very barren right now. It kind of yeah. feels like teams are what they are until we see like these bigger trades happen within season. Um, something I did want to comment on though, like the future of the Eastern Conference is so interesting to me because in the West, it's like damn near like 10 playoff caliber teams in that, you know, uh, conference. In the East, you see the Pacers, they're getting better. Um, Tyrese got hurt, so fine. They lost short, but that is a talented team. And I do believe in Tyrese's talent. But then as you go through the rest of the conference, I mean, if I talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers, if you're quiet real quick, if you listen in really carefully, that's the sound of Mitchell Robinson out rebounding Jared Allen again for another offensive rebound. That team had his problems in the playoffs, but they're gonna bounce back and I think be a really potent regular season team. The Pistons have like nine NBA centers. I don't know what they're doing over there. As a Detroiter, I hope that they figure it out and they don't stifle Jalen Duren because he's going to be very productive. But in your mind, in the future, I think like the future of the East is really Boston, the Heat, and probably the Sixers in your mind, right? Now, Sixers, I'm not sure. I don't know. When you when you say future, how many years are you speaking on? I'm talking like three, four, three, four, uh, three, four years. I, I'm at. I love the future of the East. Okay. I'm gonna go ahead and say that right now. Um, and it's mainly only really because of three teams. Uh, and uh, could be four, but I'm gonna just say three. Um, I think I think the Pacers and you started off with the Pacers, who I was gonna say. I think the Pacers are gonna be a damn good team in two, three, four years. Uh. Halliburton, you get you get to use Bruce for two years on his contract that he has. Jarris Walker, great first round draft pick, want to fit right in. Obi Toppin, this is a guy that was drafted in the first round and he played behind Julius Randle. People may not think he's too talented, but he really is talented. When he gets the opportunity to play this year in Indiana, people a lot of people want to see how he how well he can perform. Um, obviously Benedict Matherin, we we all know there. Um, Nemhard, damn good backup point guard or guard, whatever you want to call him. Um, 
it, the Pacers are going to be a real good team in through two, three years. Halliburton locked up for the next five years with his contract extension as well. Let's keep, let's twinkle over to the next team, the Detroit Pistons. Two, three years. These are, these are the teams, if you ask me, that's going to be, yeah, it's our time now. Yeah. We're here to come. We're here to stay. Uh, they're building young cores and they have a good lead player. Every single team that I'm on the list, Pacers, Halliburton, good lead player, star potential. Uh, Detroit Pistons. I want to circle that on the first good lead player. Kate Cunningham, star potential. Jaden Ivey, going to be a good, going to be a good solid player as well. Jalen Durham, Thompson, twin yeah. two. And, and I was just about to get to a star. Damn good player. Good summary that he had as well. Going to be a nice two way, nice two way wing in this league. Um, Jalen Durham, like you were just saying, they obviously they locked up Isaiah Stu for the next four years as well. Um, they have Monty Morris come up the bench this year. He's a good veteran. I can teach them some things. Um, out Detroit in two, three years, damn good team. Last but not least, Orlando Magic. Paulo, good lead player. Size damn good team. Damn good team in two, three years. I love the draft pick of Anthony Black in the first round. I like the draft pick of Jet Hart and Jet Howard in the first round. Um, you obviously have Window Carter, uh, Franz Wagner, obviously. Damn good player. They're going to be a damn good team uh, in two, three years. So I think those three teams are the future of the East. But you will still have Boston and you will still have Miami. And, and if Giannis is still in Milwaukee, you still have to take an account for the Bucks because if Giannis is there, they're still going to be a good now, team. Now, this so. is where things get interesting because you want to know what my hot take is that people are, are going to yell at me at, which I haven't been in spaces that much to say. If you look at the teams on paper, now, I'm going to say this on paper. On paper, the teams that will fall out will be the Bucks and the Sixers on like a four-year, five-year scale. And I say that because... Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? With this... Okay, so if you look at the Bucks, the Bucks are relying on Brooke Lopez to be defensive player of the year caliber and also be the spacer for Giannis at the four. Chris Middleton did not look like himself last year. Maybe he pops back into form this year that's possible but also how did miami exploit the bucks their half court offense has never been great it's never been great even when they were all the way healthy they don't have many athletic wings to really match up with butler or other threes who like are really good with the ball so that's a problem and drew holiday is flirting with thoughts of retirement again it could be kept we don't know but i'm just saying if you look at it on paper that team seems to be aging around Giannis. And year by year by year, maybe at a certain point, there is a breaking point. They did sign a brand new head coach. Maybe he's able to enhance their their offense because Bud, even though I do think he had one season where he made some great changes, his playoff resume as a coach, he don't really change much. We got hair off this. We're going to die off this. It is what it is, right? But that team is aging. I still think they're going to be good. But then you get to the Sixers. The Sixers are the biggest question mark. They have front office people that are combined as a collective there's not one true person calling all of the shots james harden wants to be traded to the clippers we got listen we still got to see if fat suit james harden is going to come out respect shaggy i ain't trying to dish your man but i'm just saying like it's a chance that harden is off that team and then what does that mean for joel and beats future considering he has not been out of the second round the only mvp in league history shouldn't have been an mvp but the only mvp in league history to not be able to do so right so when you look at it the heat you have jimmy butler locked up you have bam Adebayo locked up if you trade for damian lillard you'll have damian lillard locked up boston they got Jalen brown locked up i'll leave it at that they got the <laughs> locked up and they have continuity so they're probably going to be good in the next three to four years right so to me those those are like the two main teams i'm looking at because these other teams literally in a span of two years like bro two years in the nba and you know how much time two years is kemba went from this productive ass player to out the league in two years yeah 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 uh i i like to push back on the milwaukee point uh but that's literally why i didn't include philly and in, in two in, in three four years i cannot see philly being one of the upper echelon teams in the league i'm more so leaning towards i will lean towards piston or orlando before i will lean to philly being a real good team in three four years that's just me uh i i i think kate three four years kate and paulo will be probably 
problems and all the other guys are so every single guy around them uh they'll also develop and get better as well like, you know they have a nice young team that they have over there so both teams so um even in the end i want to give them the flowers as well so that's just my thoughts you know i just think detroit and orlando is more set up to be better uh team construction wise than indiana in three four years but i do think these two years coming up this year and the next season indiana will be better than both of those teams though yeah i think this upcoming season for detroit is pivotal though because I like K, like like he's a really good all-around player, but at a certain point, the injuries are plaguing him from being able to develop, make mistakes as a player, and then have entire off-seasons to build off of a regular season sample size. So you want to see them like take more steps. Obviously, the coaching of Monty and the stru structure and the system that he'll be able to implement is going to be great for that young team. I believe in, in Jalen Duran and Asar as defensive pieces but as you see all across the league the league is moving towards versatility the magic are trying to combine size and skill at every position the center can pass the four he can ball handle they can all sh sh like do things beyond score in the game of, of basketball and for the heat at least this has always been a team that's been predicated on everyone plays their role you you clock in you have to understand how to cut how to be impactful how to impact the game even if you're not scoring any basket and the culture that's been established for your players is a big part of that i think dame fits that culture i think that dame also has the talent to take it over the top with those players so to me again that's a no-brainer but here's what i want to ask you next boston is an interesting team and i'm not dissing boston right because I think Porzingis, I agree with you, right? If Boston utilizes Porzingis in the right way to where he's not just this seven foot lamp in the corner who catches yeah. the ball and shoots it. If he's actually used as a handoff guy, a guy who's in the pick and roll to, to pop or dunk, you know, at times, great. But what people aren't talking about enough is the playmaking. Because Marcus Smart was like another ball handler guy who could play make really table sit for a whole lot of people and then on top of that he was another guy that they could put on you to guard up and guard down in their defensive scheme when you lose that guess who you're relying on the playmaking to come from more than ever jason tatum and jalen brown and i think tatum can get better at that for sure but i think when you're paying jalen brown the money that you are paying him the question then comes in how good is boston as a roster going to be in the next three to four years when you have them in talks with the Bucks, the Pacers, the Celtics, like all of these younger teams in the future. Like, where do you think Boston can be in comparison to the Heat over these next three years? Great question. Well, that That's a great question uh, and, and, and perfectly worded. Uh, as far as roster construction, I can't answer that because when, when and if we do get Damian Lillard we're probably going to be in the same boat because he's on that Supermax contract. Jimmy contract is uh, is a, a damn big contract as well. Yeah. And Bam, and Bam is getting paid. Well, he's getting paid. Nothing outrageous. Uh, but on the other hand, they're going to have two Supermax guys. Uh, Tatum is going to get his next offseason. And then Porzingis is locked up for the next three years. I believe they signed him on the extension. Uh, but you said it perfectly. I don't know what they're going to put around those three. Um, I'll just say two, because I don't know if Porzingis will be there after the third year or three years, but I'm going to say he's going to be there for now. Um, I don't know if they're gonna, what they're going to have the ability to put around those guys, because 2025 is when a lot of things come off the books. I think Derek White come off. I think Brogdon come off. I think Rob come off in five or six. Al Horford come off in 25 for sure. Um, and, and Rob Williams is either five or 26. Either one of them. Um, so a lot of people are going to come off those books, and then you're not going to have the money to go Give out a $20 million contract. I think Brock is getting paid right now. You're not going to have the money to go give out a $25 million contract. There, it, it, so the flexibility is pretty much not flexible anymore. Right. You're going to be looking at what can, and again, it's all going to lean toward Tatum and Brown and how they can up their game and in, in the in the ways that the team may need to where they're not as big of a knees anymore. We put it like that. If Tatum and Brown both become... And I don't think Brown can. Uh, but if Tim and Brown both become high-level playmakers or guys that you can run your your off your team offense through when you need to for a whole quarter or even a half, like Tatum displayed in the playoff last year against us with the high pick and rolls for like the whole damn quarter when he was in two three, and he was killing it. Um, if they can do that, that helps limit your needs elsewhere. Now Derek White, he's going to be a starting point guard this year for them. Uh, 
I do think that's okay. Uh, and I have to see how he performs in that role. But um, something that can help them is if they give Brogdon an opportunity to actually be a point guard and not a spot up shooter. Is uh, he gonna be healthy though? Uh, like I, I, right, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, so I was speaking to her this year. Keep, keep on the three, four year track. Yeah, that's yeah. a good question, man. But if you still have Tatum and Brown in three, four years, you're, they're probably most likely still going to be a good team. Yeah, um, it was going for sure at that point be a top five player to lead. So uh, I just feel like with it, your team, Ev, like the biggest thing that I'm noticing right is we're talking right now, right, about the landscape of like the league, the East, and all that stuff. But to me, it's imperative that Miami gets it done now because look at where the east is the east is in a state currently right now of disarray and to me it's like a transitional period of other teams scraping to get better season by season like boston right them paying jalen brown was their commitment to winning now we're keeping right. jalen brown now we have porzingis we have white we still have most of the same pieces from last year let's win in these next two years let's yeah. get it going right getting dame now to to counter that is your best chance of potentially, I would say, winning. Because after this, if you don't, Jimmy is getting older. Bam Adebayo, he's getting older. Dame Lillard will also get older. So trading for Dame a season from now, when the entire... Bam is okay, though. Bam look like... Bam is okay, though. Bam look like 26. Yeah, oh, Bam no, no, is 26. No, so. no, no. Bam is fine. He'll be fine. I'm just saying that, like, your roster as a whole is aging your best player is still jimmy butler he's also aging and to me it's like you have to maximize it now before they sustain injuries that can maybe make things harder in the next two three because remember we're just like thinking about these teams on, on paper but injuries can severely change everything with this too yep well said they could definitely change the landscape uh so yeah well said and again that's why I, <laughs> if they if we don't land dame I, that's why it's worse than the finals losing in the finals Where's the losing the finals to me for sure? Stop it about it. All right. Well, hey, listen, I got to say, this was a great, great pod. I love the energy. Ev was standing on 10 for this entire podcast. Big shouts out to that man. We were able to cover the bulk of the Heat season with Dame and all that stuff. So make sure to tap in. I want to give Ev the floor to promote uh, facts and stats and some other things that he has going on as an individual creator. All of his links will be in the comments in the description. So tap in for that. But Ed, feel free to introduce yourself one more time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, Ed um, Everett Jr. on Twitter. Or you can just follow the Facts and Stats page. It's at Facts and Stats. I am a content creator. Um, I run a podcast by myself. I make my own Facts and Stats apparel uh, by myself. So make sure I check that out. All my links will be in my bio on my Facts and Stats page. And I actually have a podcast as well with episodes. I dropped the episode last week. Drop an episode tomorrow morning. Uh, uh, so subscribe to Fact and Stats on YouTube as well and gift it. Thank you. This was literally, literally a fantastic episode. And I appreciate the opportunity as always to come on and talk with you, bro. Yes, sir, man. I, I like, I'm excited about this offseason because for me, I'm, I'm taking the time to like go through each team, how good they can be. I'm watching more film about how players fit. And the funny part is like the NBA never sleeps. So quite literally next week, it'd be like hard and gets traded to well, block right like it's a lurking giant all the time so for me like i want to use these podcast episodes as a way for me to get reps and also like really just think about you know basketball because each time in these off seasons the league is changing significantly so these off seasons are our way to basically reflect on things and as we transition to the new age so i appreciate you ev so much appreciate everyone that has made it this far into the episode and shout out to all the support that i've been getting i just hit a thousand subscribers on youtube we're on our way for that big boy 2000 nothing but the grind as y'all may know tap into the gifted who's podcast on spotify apple Podcasts, and a youtube video version where you can see ev's face and see his reaction when i said Jalen brown was gonna make 300 million dollars all right peace out people i'll catch you guys in the next episode of gifted hoops peace